0: and I hope you'll be inspired to write. Because, as I always say, you have a story. You should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, writers. This is Kat Caldwell. I'm the hostess of Pencils and Lipstick, and it is July 2022. Now, this is the first part of the show where I typically talk to you all about what I'm doing with my own writing, what I'm seeing in the industry, who I've been talking with or learning from, what I'm reading, etc. But it's July, so as usual, I have taken my kids to see their grandma for the month. Now, this isn't a typical trip as most Americans would see it. Grandma lives in Spain, and so taking a microphone and all the equipment that I need over there is a little bit tricky with the luggage fees as they are and just making sure that things don't break. I've decided to pre-record just this first part for you throughout the month of July. So we will be getting straight into the interviews during the month of July, 2022. Before we do, and I have some great interviews for you, would you please subscribe to the podcast, share it with other writers or readers who are interested in hearing what writers have to say? You can reach me on Twitter at PencilsLipstick. You can also follow the show on Instagram at Pencils and lipstick, all spelled out. If you want to see what Spain looks like, we are in the middle of Spain, pretty much smack dab in there you want to see what Spain looks like you can follow me at catcaldwell.author on Instagram where I'll be posting reels and pictures and you can see what we do over there. And I will be back with individualized part ones in August. So happy summer to you all. I hope you're having a wonderful time this summer and let's get into the show. Mr. Jacob says she lights fires, preferably in hearts, but if necessary, she'll light them under people's feet. They call her the No Excuses lady because she gets things done, whatever the circumstances. Uncertainty was her comfort zone. Her secret focus only on the things that she could influence and work with what she had. Now, she started doing a lot of different things, but when people start asked for her story, she wrote the book, not just one book, she wrote several books, and now she teaches other people how to write their life story into a book, and you know what my favorite thing about Esther is? She believes everyone has a story. Does that sound familiar? Probably because I love to say that. Everyone has a story, and what I love about Esther is that she wrote books on how to get their story on to the written page, but she also holds workshops and getaways where she works with people personally one-on-one to show them how to take what they have lived in their life and make it a story for everyone to enjoy. I think you're really going to like this interview with Esther. If you want to find out more about her, you can go to estherjacobs.info and of course the links will be in the show notes. Hello so everyone, welcome back to the Pencils & Lipstick show. I am excited to have with me today, Esther Jacobs. Hello Esther, how are you doing? Hi, how are you? Good, uh, let's hear a little bit about you, um, where you're from, and tell everyone the beautiful place that you're at right now. <laughs> I'm originally from the Netherlands, but I don't live there
1: anymore. I don't live anywhere, actually. I travel around all the time. And I'm currently in the south of Italy, in Puglia, in the middle of the olive trees. Oh,
0: it sounds beautiful. <laughs> I know it's a little yes, hot there, it but, <laughs> but it sounds wonderful.
1: It's very hot today, yeah.
0: Uh, so let's talk a little bit, if you want, um, about how you got into writing first, and then we'll get into being the sort of digital nomad that you are and your passion about helping people write their books. But how, how did you get into writing in the first place? Well, I've always
1: been uh, an entrepreneur. So I've never worked for a boss. So I've done a lot of projects, some of them successful, most of them not so successful. (laughs) And that's how you learn as a person. And um, when the euro was introduced uh, in the Netherlands in the year 2000, I collected all the leftover foreign coins for charities. And I collected over 16 million euros for charity. And to do that, and after that, I was invited many times to give um, presentations and speeches and keynotes. I did two TEDx speeches, and more and more people started to ask about my personal story. Mm-hmm. So not just the success story of the charity or the other things that I tried to weave into the presentations. They wanted to know more about me, how I was living my dream. And actually that's what became my first book, What Is Your Excuse? and from then on, every time people started to ask me things, I thought, "Oh, apparently this is a story." And instead of sharing it like one-on-one, a uh, hundred or a thousand times, I might as well write it down and then share with even more people.
0: Oh, that's wonderful! So you didn't necessarily start out your life um, with the dream of writing all of these books. You were more entrepreneur.
1: Yes, and I still am. And and funny enough, I've written over thirty books. And uh, only recently, I started thinking of, you know, calling myself a writer or an author, because I always thought writing was a byproduct of the adventurous life that I lead. And not just as I'm not a speaker, you know, I do speak about things, but I'm not a speaker, the speaking comes secondary to the adventures or the life lessons or the wisdom that you collect
0: as you, you know, struggle through life. Right. So did you find it difficult to put um, put your words onto paper. did you um, seek out any help when you were starting to write your books, or did you find it um, quite easy to to translate them onto the page? To be honest, I found it quite easy because I was already quite accustomed to speaking. Mm.
1: And I think the most important thing when you're writing is to write in speaking language. So not to try to write a literary book, as some people do with complicated sentences and, you know, trying to make it poetic. Mm -hmm. I'm into storytelling and I could tell stories on a stage and then I just translated it to sharing stories on paper. On the paper. Nice.
0: So when did you, let's see, your your No Excuses was your first book, right? And... Mm -hmm. Okay. So then when did you start um, sort of seeing that writing, you said it was like a byproduct. Um, When did you start seeing that maybe other entrepreneurs or other people living a certain lifestyle could benefit from writing a book and seeing that need?
1: Well, I noticed after I put my story to paper for what is your excuse that so many people read it, and, and even now, its it's been mm, like 15 years ago, people still tell me how that book has changed their lives or is wow. still changing their life. And um, I was thinking, wow, so much impact. And it doesn't cost me any extra effort after writing the book. That is a lot of effort. But afterwards, no extra effort to reach a 100 people more or a 1,000 people more And also it made me realize how special my story is Mm -hmm. because when you're living it, it's normal because it's what I do and and who I am. So to me, it's not extraordinary, but the feedback you get, um, you realize how you can impact other people. And I meet so many extraordinary people or normal people with extraordinary stories or however you wanna put it, but people, remarkable people maybe. And people don't realize that they're remarkable and that their stories and experiences can have so much impact on others.
0: Yeah, that is true, though. I think most people live their life thinking this is what I do. <laughs> you know? So how do you convince them then that if they if they wrote about their book, that they could influence even more people?
1: Oh, the funny thing is, one of the, the excuses or the the things that I hear most is, "But there's already a book about my topic." Okay. And then I say, "Well, lucky you, because there's, if there's already a book or a hundred books about your your subject, that's great, because it also means people want to hear about it." I mean, how many diet books do we have? How many cookbooks do we have? How many travel books do we have? It's because people are interested. Mm. And maybe they won't like my travel story, but they may like your travel story because they can identify with you or they like your tone of voice better.
0: Yeah. So you don't see that as an excuse to keep somebody from writing it. That's not That, that shouldn't stop them.
1: No, it shouldn't. And I think it's actually good because it means that those people are modest mm-hmm. and we don't want to write books that are you know, look at me or uh, I'm so great or whatever, you know, the same thing you don't want on social media. You want things to be authentic mm-hmm. and modest and you want to show, not tell. So the reader can determine what they think of your achievements or adventures and you don't say, look at me, this is so great.
0: Oh, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah, that is true. I, w- I wouldn't like to write, read a book where I, it's obvious that they think they are the best person in yeah. the world. <laughs> That could get a bit tiring. <laughs> it's like, okay, I get it. Um, so when did? Yeah, it's like writing only about your successes. We also need oh, to hear about
1: your struggles to okay. get to that success.
0: Okay. Well, that's an interesting and, point too. And yeah. and
1: I often use um, I often use the hero's journey mm. uh, to explain that to people who want to write their book. Maybe you went from uh, you know a shoe shiner to the you know the director of a big company, but the. The interesting part is not about the success. It's about the struggles that came before the success and how you, how you experience those and what you did differently from other people who are struggling with the same thing.
0: Yes, that's actually very true because it's looking around a lot of times, um, my frustration with stories is just seeing the success story. and wh- Like you said, what I want to know is how long did it take them? where did they fail when did they start you know um especially in the creative world a lot of times you'll see what looks like an explosive overnight success hmm. and you want to think well that would be great if that happened for them but here i am struggling so i would love to to see or or hear about some sort of struggle they had, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, and you don't want to feel stupid
1: as a reader, yeah. like they succeeded, and I'm still struggling, right. you want to feel hopeful, like they also tried 99 times and only succeeded the hundredth time. so maybe there's still hope for me.
0: Right, yes, I love those stories of um, where they almost gave up, and then the next time they tried, they, they got it, those are inspirational, you know, the, 500 times. I overhear uh, Abraham Lincoln, I don't know how many times he failed. Yeah. He's like one of those stories, you know, and then he ended up being president. Um, and you don't want everyone to fail everything. But still, those are very inspirational stories. And it's because of what didn't go right. Right? Like, what didn't what went wrong? Yeah, and It's
1: reality. That's how life is. Yeah. 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 It's that's life. And if you can see life for what it is it maybe you can understand it better and maybe you know where you are in life instead of thinking i'm never going to succeed you 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 will look at your own story and think okay so i'm in a dip now and many of the people who had success also experienced this dip so in fact i should be uh, grateful and and hopeful and and keep on struggling a little bit more because it may eventually lead to success yes. that's what you want your writers your readers to to feel and not like, oh, this Esther or this other person is so great because they made it and I'm still here stuck and struggling. Right,
0: right. And I think your message... You're not writing a
1: book for you. You're <laughs> writing a book to help your readers. And I think some
0: authors need to keep that in mind. <laughs> that That is a really profound statement, though. That's true. Um, if you are writing a book just for yourself, that's more of a diary. You could <laughs> just keep it. But, yeah, if you're, if you're writing something yeah, to inspire people. Yeah, on the other people. hand,
1: I'm also helping. Yeah, that's, that's right, to inspire people. But on the other hand, I'm also helping some people who are struggling mm-hmm. with something that happened to them in life, a big oh, yeah. loss or, or an illness or whatever. And by writing about it, it's also therapeutical. So okay. you also help yourself but you can write a book about yourself or you can put a deeper layer that you write about your own struggle or adventure and put a deeper layer in so that readers can translate it to their situation. And then the book sub- suddenly becomes even more
0: interesting. Oh, very true. So where did you um, pick up this this knowledge of storytelling, of, of having these layers, is this just sort of something that you found that you have a talent for, or have you studied it at all?
1: I haven't studied it. I, I learned most things by doing, and I think, I never thought about this, but now you ask me this question, I think I've done over a thousand keynote speeches, yeah. and when you're on stage, you're always improvising, and you get a chance to test your stories like a thousand times, literally. So I think that I found a way um, that gets most people interested and that keeps them interested. And um, that's usually by not telling them what they should learn from a presentation or from a book. I'm not going to say, hey, uh, I'm going to teach you this because who am I to teach you anything? So I developed a habit of just saying, hey there, I'm going to share my story and it's a buffet of inspiration and you choose what you take from the buffet and how it may apply to your situation. And I found that everybody takes something different from the same story that I share on stage. And I think it must be the same thing when people read my books. One person will enjoy my adventures, another book, a person will, um, you know, click with a certain lesson or struggle or eye-opener but it's different for everybody and I don't know where you are in your journey and what you need most at this moment so who am I to try to guess that I'm just going to share my story but I make it very clear that I share my story to inspire others and not just to share my story so my story may be about uh, perseverance or it may be about loss or it may be about creativity But you may get something completely different from that same story that was meant to inspire. You know, you may be triggered or uh, you may have an insight. I
0: I think that's a really important thing, something to think about whether you're writing nonfiction or fiction, because you might have a certain theme in mind. But to keep that humility of I can't tell you what to take away from this book, I'm going to approach it with this humility of the reader might take something completely different away and that's okay I just want (laughs) to tell a story and see where it goes like I think sometimes we can approach our writing with um and here's the moral of the story I think you should walk away with almost almost like you know the 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 kids stories of here's the moral I'm gonna put it right in your face instead of allowing like you said the reader to find what what they need
1: i think so too and uh, and also think about yourself when you're reading a book what do you like do you like the, the writer to explain to you what you should feel or do you like to follow the writer in his story in his adventure and then have those emotions grow on you uh, as you go through this experience together
0: mm. yeah So as you start teaching people writing, do you see any sort of struggle that people have? Like if you're an entrepreneur and you have a a, a great story or you've lived a certain story and you want to get it out there in the world, how do you teach people um, to take it from something they've lived and to put it onto the page? Because I assume not everyone finds that very easy
1: no no you're right for a lot of people it first of all we have the struggle of who am i you know to share this story Mm -hmm. and then when you get past that and you're convinced that you have something valuable to to contribute then how do you go from that idea to putting it on paper and what i found around around me is a lot of people starting to write with a lot of enthusiasm Mm -hmm. And then at some point they get stuck, they get lost, they get overwhelmed in their own own material. And then they don't know what to do and they have to go back and rewrite and restructure. And that's often when they stop writing. And it doesn't mean their book idea is not good or their story is not good. It just means they got lost and they got stuck. So what I've developed for myself and what I've helped a lot of people with is um, what I call the reverse writing method. Hmm. And it means turning the entire writing process around. So instead of starting on page one, we start with the last page, which is the back cover of your book. And when you think about yourself, when you want to buy a book, you go to a bookstore, you look at covers and titles, and then you read the back cover. And when you order a book online on Amazon or wherever, you read the blurb, and the blurb is the back cover text. And also, it's a summary of your book. It's the sales material. It's the elevator pitch. It's what you send to a publisher. So it makes sense to write this summary, this back cover of your book first. Right. Um, and also, when you do, it gives you the structure to start writing. So if you say, I'm going to share seven tips or 15 steps or three stages, then you know that the table of content of your book, the outline of your book, needs to have those seven steps or 50 tips or three stages or whatever and then when you start writing you don't have to start at page one and follow the page numbers but you can follow your energy and your creativity and you know ah this belongs in chapter four i'm gonna write it down there ah this reminds me of something that i want to mention in chapter 15 and then you write a little part there so at first you you put bullets in every chapter So you have the outline of your book ready and you know um, if you want to move something or if you want to split a big chapter. And it's easier to move around bullet points than to move around huge chunks of text. And also whenever you want to put something in, because we all have blogs and websites and diaries and notes and everything, so we have lots of material Before putting it in the book, you have to think, does this contribute to the promise that I make to the readers on the back cover? If it doesn't, it doesn't belong in the book. Maybe in another book, maybe in some extras, but not in this book. And that's how you make the selection of what gets to be in the book and what doesn't. So you make a promise to your readers on the back cover. After reading this book, you will be able to, or you will understand this, or you will know how to, whatever. Mm -hmm. And the only things that go into the book is things that contribute to realizing that promise.
0: I really like that. I think that that would really keep you from just, I don't know, going down this trail of writing to the point where you get so lost, you don't even know and you start pulling out stories from your background. (laughs) And a lot of times you think it somehow (laughs) contributes or it sounds beautiful. And then you wouldn't, I guess, have to edit as much either because editing can be dangerous if you have spent so much time writing certain parts of the book you don't want to cut them because you think of all that time you spent on them but it might not contribute to the book and what
1: happens to me and what happens to me I go to my blogs and and other content I'm like oh this is really nice I don't remember writing this it's actually quite good let's put it in the book oh I can use this as well and then you get overwhelmed with all the content. Right. And when you turn it around and you think, what do I need to transfer this message, to get this message across? You only need one or two examples per point. You know, you don't need 10 examples to make one point. Right. So I pick storytelling is important. So I pick one or two personal stories for each important thing that I want to make clear. And then the other stories I save for other points or, you know, I use only a few and the rest you can use during presentations and for blogs and for social media and for daily talk or maybe for your next book, but don't try to put everything into your book go for the minimum viable content Interesting. that's what helps a lot of writers who get stuck
0: okay so if if a writer comes to you and they say i want to write this book that's the first thing you have them do the book description the promise to the reader and and you work on that first then
1: yeah first the back cover because also if you cannot get your story like in a back cover blurb then it means it's not clear yet who okay. do you want to reach what do you want to achieve what is your perspective so sometimes we we spend for example during my writing retreats uh we spend up the seven days we spend maybe three sometimes even four days on the back cover if you don't have the back cover right then it's very difficult to create an outline. It's easy to work on this one page and get it right into, you know, work the whole manuscript that you need to restructure and move around. So that would be the back cover and then the outline, um, and meaning the, the table of contents of your book in filled in with bullets, bullet points. I want to share this story here. I want to mention this example here. I want to interview this person here. And only when everything feels right and after restructuring those bullet points many times, then you start writing and then you just skip from bullet point to bullet point, from chapter to chapter, and you can follow your energy instead of having to write linearly.
0: Okay. Okay. So you actually gather people together and do writing retreats. Um, are they in, in groups, I assume, then? Like a group of writers who have come to, to s- try this reverse writing on writing their book?
1: Yes, I organize uh, writing retreats in different locations in Europe, in the Caribbean, in Asia, uh, usually on beautiful islands, but also one in the the mountains, the French Alps. And what I find is by bringing people together, Mm -hmm. you create a certain energy that you also have when you pray together, when you meditate together. Mm -hmm. It's just easier when you're doing the same thing with a group, when you're focusing with a group. So when you're writing with other writers and everybody's focused, it's a lot easier to focus. Okay. I take away all distractions. So I take care of the food. Um, There's no other activities going on than writing and writing related uh, stuff. My retreats are in beautiful places, but they're in kind of boring places. So not in the middle of a city, but they're in the countryside or on an island or in the mountains. So there's no distractions. You know, you don't say I have to go to the beach. I want to visit this museum. It's only writing. And what really helps people is to get away for a week. They get yeah. away from their work, from their private life, from their family, from the other, you know, obligations they have. And they can focus on themselves and on their book. And it's just magical what happens. All those people together in a beautiful location without distractions, focused work. And then, of course, I'm there to to help them where they need help and to inspire people with a daily workshop but the rest of the day is just empty it's just writing and eating I must say because I'm kind of a foodie and so I always have a private chef so eating is also a big part of the experience food for thought
0: yes I like that that sounds wonderful when did you start doing these when did you see that that might be a need that would help people um write their book if they sort of remove themselves from their home or in their everyday distractions
1: Um, I think I started in 2012. And usually when I get a lot of questions about the same subject, I organize a workshop. So I bring people together and um, I organize a workshop on the the topic. And after a few from idea to book workshops, I got requests of people saying, I I don't find the time in my normal busy life to write. Can't you organize something so we can write? And that's actually the first time that I found a location that was in Austria in the summer. So no skiing distraction, <laughs> but just a quiet Austrian village. And um, the food was taken care of. Everything was taken care of. And That was my experiment. And from then on, every year I've organized three, sometimes even four uh, retreats, also during covid And um, there's hundreds of writers who've already, like, graduated from my retreats, who've published their books, some three months after the retreat, some five years after the retreat. Um, Some books are very different from what they started working on during the retreat. But about half of them, I think, have uh, published their books. Yeah, it's very, very special to witness that. And for me, the most special thing is always at the beginning of a retreat, you have, like five to 10 people who don't know each other Mm -hmm. with completely different backgrounds and they start talking. And even the most boring looking person has a special story. Everybody has a story that's very, very special.
0: And are most people, is it their first book that they've kind of come and decided they really need um, some workshops in a a completely different spot or are some people, is it a mix of, of first books versus second or third books?
1: mostly it's first books but i've also had some people working on their second or third book so they know the mechanism already but they need mostly the the space uh the time to write and also they need uh like a sparring partner they know Mm. that it's much faster to you know if you can hold ideas against somebody if you get feedback if you get stuck if somebody helps you to to get going again because there's so many decisions you have to take when you're writing a book. Okay. Uh, which scene am I going to put at the beginning? Which themes am, am I going to address? Am I going to write present or past uh, Do I mention people by name? You know, the, the, what I'm saying about them is negative. Um, there's so many questions. So it's always nice that there's somebody around, even if it's your second or third time that you write a book that, you know, a sparring partner that can, can help you get along.
0: Yeah, I've often wondered that, like why we sit in our little offices or our, our corners, whatever we've <laughs> been able to take in our house as our writing spot. And somehow this idea of you have to do it all alone is very pervasive now in the writing community. And the truth is, like I like what you say, a sparring partner. But a lot of times, you need to ask a question or, or talk through something in order to really see it clearly in your head to then be able to write clearly about it. Or, like you said, get some feedback. Um, I like how you said with your speeches, you can see the reactions that people are having. And I, I would assume with these retreats, you can sort of see the reactions if somebody understands what you're trying to say, if they don't, if they're whatever reaction they might have. And that would then influence what you do or don't write about and how you write about it all in sort of one spot, which would be really, really nice.
1: Yeah, And and often the first evening when people introduce themselves and um, uh, explain what their book is about, they see the reaction on the other writers faces like, oh, that's so interesting, or I have the same experience, or are you also going to address this? So it's often Mm. the first time they actually talk about their subject or about writing a book. And then being among like-minded people who also have their doubts maybe, or, you know, who are modest to, you know, to share this idea that they're going to write a book. Uh, that also helps uh, to be among other writers and, you know, about publishing that the uh, editing or about design. So all the questions come up and, um, We answer them for everybody. That's why I have the daily workshop, sharing the most important information everybody. And then in the one-on-one sessions that we have every day, uh, I go specifically into the the book of that specific person and address the the things they're struggling with Mm. at that moment.
0: Oh, which I'm sure benefits everyone because sometimes you're either struggling with the same thing or you don't know you're struggling or you haven't gotten there yet, and then you you can learn as you're going along. Are are these retreats in English? Are they in Dutch? Do you have two different ones?
1: It depends on the participants. Uh, So in the beginning, most participants were from the Netherlands, Mm. and we did everything in Dutch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then every now and then, there was an English-speaking person, and then uh, the whole retreat would switch to English. And nowadays it's a nice mix of international people and Dutch people. So the tweets are in English, and the words are in English. But, uh, people that are writing a book in, in, Dutch, up in Dutch, and I have people in German, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, doesn't matter. I can help anybody as long as I have a basic understanding of the language. Mm-hmm. And I speak about seven, eight or nine languages, so I can help most people because the principle is I need to understand from your back cover what your book is about
0: right right that's amazing that you speak that many languages yeah and it's like <laughs> it's it's almost like well it's not about the language but
1: it's um i don't know maybe somebody who's into music they from hearing a new music piece they already feel if the energy is not right oh, you know okay. if something is missing and I have the same thing with writing. So if somebody tells me about their book or I see how they write, I can immediately see which of the you know the nine or ten things that I usually encounter with writers is going on with this person. So it, it's about words, yes. It's about language, yes. But it's also about energy and flow. And it just needs to... Fit it just needs to I don't know how to explain I think this is a very intuitive thing so I found that that I can help most people whether they're non-fiction writers fiction writers whether they're writing about a topic that I know nothing about or a topic that I have experience with myself Uh, because usually it's um, asking questions that really helps if I ask the right questions then Mm -hmm. the answers will be you know helping them um and it's giving feedback if i read something and i don't understand what it's about then other readers also won't understand what it's about right and i know that it's not me uh, not understanding the the subject i know it's the way they wrote the back cover so i can give them that feedback and other people maybe won't say anything because they won't feel stu- they will feel stupid if they say i don't understand what you're writing about yeah, right right but experts at something Often use like very complicated language or abbreviations, or uh, they start very much into detail. And I force them to start at the beginning, like mm-hmm. okay, where are we? And then slowly go into the, the details that they want to talk about. But they experts often forget that other people are not experts. Yes. So I really help um, them to make like the right steps, not too fast, not too slow, not too detailed, not too much. Uh, staying on the surface right so yeah there's a lot of things that I do and and what I like about it is it's never boring it's never the same every story is different every person is different every book is different and I see it as an art you know I'm not gonna tell an artist how to create their painting but I can look at a painting and say hey this part is much more exciting than the other part right right can you do some more of the exciting stuff?
0: Yes. And and that, that's a beautiful collaboration because if you're an expert, I don't know, in medicine or engineering or, you know, building a business or something, you as Esther are an expert in storytelling. And when you put those two together and you can learn from each other, then the book is going to be so much more interesting. You know, I'll be able, not being an expert, will be able to follow it and find it very interesting to read as long as there's there's a story to it right because humans really respond to stories
1: yeah i think what you're saying now really resonates with me so i'm not a speaker i'm not an author but i recognize stories I, see them. I also see other people struggle with stories. so i think that's what i do i help people to recognize their own stories Mm -hmm. and to find a way to share them with others so they can inspire others with the you know the essence of their story
0: yes yes I love that the essence of their story Um, you also have uh, coaching that you do so is that some is that somehow different from the retreats or is that kind of the same just more one-on-one
1: Yeah, I do uh, some coaching. I, I don't get coaching. Um, usually I call it resultant sessions because I really go for results. So I don't really like the the type of people who really need to be, like, um, reassured, you know, like, oh, I don't know. Uh, so I really like people who know that they want to write a book, but they don't know where to start. Okay. And then in one session, we can set up the back cover, the structure, you know, create a book plan starting uh some of them can take it from there and i oh i really like to to so they do like a three-month coaching program like once a week you know we meet uh and and i help them with what they're working on mm. but i find that most people prefer this like this sprint this writing retreat okay. of a week and if they cannot make it to a retreat to location or the dates are not suitable then sometimes i do like a private retreat um that can be an online retreat so they can do it at home or they go somewhere and we do an online coaching every day or um sometimes i even fly to where they are or they fly to where i am so uh, there's there's two options it's either like a sprint you know a writing retreat a week or two weeks really focused okay uh where you can get a lot of and if you want to do it in your own life, you need to have like these few hours a week, or you know, a day a week, or an evening, or whatever. You really need a lot of those time slots to to get your book uh, done. Especially, struggling for that time slot. Yeah, there's a lot of competition for the for the time slots.
0: Yeah. So you do you find that,
1: but anyway, you know, I, I ask every, I ask people, what do you want, and is there a deadline? Some people want mm. the book published on an anniversary or for a conference or for a special date, and then we determine what is necessary to achieve um, you know that end result. So sometimes it's a sprint, sometimes people can take time. Okay. Uh, others really like the process of writing. So it doesn't matter when the book is finished. They just want this once a week session dedicated to writing in right. their craft. That's a completely different way. Of it.
0: Yes, isn't it interesting how that you can really approach the art of writing in so many different ways and for so many different reasons? I, I think you might have found like the um, the best job <laughs> in the world if you like storytelling. <laughs> really people tell me their stories it's
1: like it's really beautiful and and like you say there's different approaches and i hear a lot of writers and coaches and, and and authors talk about uh the number of words that they write or the time you know mm-hmm. i write two hours a day and i always tell my writers that i don't care about the amount of words or the amount of time I want you to write down what you have to say. So if you can write down the perfect paragraph or chapter in half an hour, and it's uh, 500 words or 3,000 words, I don't care. If you can convey your message, then that's what it's all about. So you can write a lot of time but not produce anything viable. You can produce a lot of words, but they don't necessarily do what they're supposed to do. So for me, it's all about the you want to stay stay where you have to stay more nothing less and then that's it that's your chapter that's your paragraph that's your book
0: that i really like that approach because i do think this um this competition almost mindset of how many words how many hours how many i like this image of this person bound to their desk just writing their book <laughs> that would be pretty terrible Um, it it would, you would lose all the fun of it, but to go back to what do I want to say today and achieve that goal, that seems like a much more, I don't know, satisfying goal than to say, I got 3000 words, but tomorrow I'm going to have to cut all of them because they don't say anything.
1: (laughs) Well, maybe then we are the same kind of person that we're focused on results and, and, and added value. But other people really like the idea of writing a certain amount of words because yeah. it means that they don't need to have inspiration. They <laughs> just get in the into the habit of writing. So there's a different system yeah. for everybody. And I think it's important for people to realize if one system doesn't work, why don't you try another system? Yes. So find out what works for you. and. That's the most important thing.
0: Yes, that is that is really the most important thing. So if um, people are interested as, as the world starts opening up again and they think maybe they do actually want to leave their house because we've been stuck here for two years and they want to maybe mm-hmm. write their book with you, um, where can they find you and where can they find out more about, um, yeah, about your retreats and about you? um
1: probably on my website uh, if you go to reversewriting.com you'll on the you know the writing part of my, my website mm-hmm. with the retreats and everything you can also just go to estherjacobs.info and then you'll also find information about my books and my location independence and other things that we <laughs> didn't get a chance to, yes. to talk about. But there's so many stories, adventures, perspectives. Uh, you know, there's, yeah. And that's also part of my retreats and coaching and what I do. It's not just about book writing. Okay. It's about um, sharing your your essence of who you are and what you have learned with other people. And it doesn't matter if it's, an illness or a business concept or a lifestyle um, and that's what I do myself and I only teach other people you know something that I have experienced so I'm not an expert at anything but as long as I'm a little bit better or I have a little bit more experience than you have I can share what I've learned and I can help you move forward right so that's what I do and that's what I love doing and uh, so if anybody is interested in book writing or the other things, just have a look at uh, estherjacobs.info or reversewriting.com and um, follow me on social media, send me your questions, send me your book ideas. And I'm always happy to, uh, to give some feedback and to give some tips to help you uh, move ahead and get that book onto paper, get that idea onto paper.
0: That sounds wonderful, thank you so much, Esther, for coming in and sharing this with us. I will have the links in the show notes so that everyone can go and um, find out more about you and find out about these wonderful retreats and um, find you on social media as well. Great, thank you so much and uh, very nice to have this uh this author
1: chat and to guide me through realizing you know what makes this one of the most beautiful uh, jobs in the world.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thanks for coming. Hey, you're still listening. Since you are, could you do me a favor and head over to the app that you're listening to this episode on and hit the subscribe button and then rate and review the show? It would really help the Pencils and Lipstick podcast get out into the world. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, then there might be more people out there who would enjoy it as well. If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group.